Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Welcome to the show. Good Thursday, one and all. Mark Aram and gang with you till 8 in the p.m. tonight. We're going to do another split show, uh, 6 to 7 local here in Atlanta, 7 to 8 across the Cox Media Group radio network as the Senate uh, starts wrapping up the questions in the uh, President Trump impeachment trial. Also on the show tonight, a little Sanjay will join us with Would You Rather. I want to kick off the show with uh, another discussion. We talked about this the other day, the coronavirus, and a story got my head, uh, my attention today that Deb Green, executive producer of the program, found for me, is that like local CVSs and Walgreens selling out of those uh, those like surgical masks. Yeah, some stores have signs on them that they're already sold out. Yeah, they're like you know the masks I'm talking about, Longoria, right? Yes, I do. They're huge in Asia. Like, yes. When they, I went to Japan yes. last summer with everybody Maya, was wearing them. Not everybody, but it was standard. Like you weren't out of place if you were wearing it. Now, in Atlanta, I think if you walk into Publix and someone's wearing a mask, you're like, what is wrong with that person? Yeah. Yeah. But I think more people are, are getting nervous about the coronavirus and they're running to the drugstore and buying out all these masks. Here's the very latest uh, with the coronavirus. These are updates uh, just a couple of minutes ago. 170 people are dead and more than 8,100 cases have been confirmed in mainland China as uh, the virus starts to spread globally, the World Health Organization has declared coronavirus a public health emergency of international concern. We've been down this road before this with SARS and MERS and bird flu and mad cow. So luckily here at WSB Radio, we have our very own health reporter. She is the lovely and talented Sabrina Cupid. She joins us live on the Mark Aram Show. How are you, Sabrina? Hey, Mark. I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for coming, uh, staying late and, and talking to us uh, about the coronavirus. I just wanted to get the scoop from you. I know you've been following this story since it first broke out in mainland China. Uh, how concerned should Atlantans be about the coronavirus? You should be aware of it, but I don't think you should be that concerned about it. Again, the risk is really, really low for us. We should be more concerned about flu. Um, just to kind of put that in perspective for you, there's been six confirmed cases of this new coronavirus in the United States. If you look at how many cases of flu, at least 15 million flu illnesses wow. recorded in the United States. So that kind of tells you the difference in, um, in how concerned you should be. So why, why we, I guess it's because it's new. Any, anytime something new pops up on the radar, it, it tends to grab our attention. But those numbers are astounding comparing how deadly the flu is here in the United States to the, the limited number of cases we've had of coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference. I think the, whenever there's something new, of course, they want to know what we're dealing with. So there's a lot that they still don't know about it. Um, they don't, they think it presents like other coronaviruses like SARS uh, with respiratory uh, symptoms, you know, and then could turn into pneumonia. 
but they don't know, and they don't know if you're contagious. The, the belief is is that you would only be contagious when you have symptoms, but they don't know that 100% yet, but it seems to be the case. So there's a lot they still don't know about it. Whenever there's a new virus like that, they have to do all the research, get a lab, break it down, and find out exactly what they're dealing with. WSB Health reporter Sabrina Cupid joining us on the Mark Arab Show. I mentioned SARS. Just look at the numbers, how this compares with SARS. I don't know if you guys remember, SARS was like back in 2002, 2003. Uh, for the same amount of time, uh, a similar number of confirmed cases uh, between the months that, you know, up until now, um, 8,000 confirmed cases in both SARS and coronavirus. Uh, but the deaths are were, were much higher with SARS, 774 deaths compared to only 171 deaths with the coronavirus. So uh, a less deadly concern than SARS, I guess we'd say? It seems to be, and, and what I saw earlier today was that it seems to hit older people more than younger people. And, um, you know, there's been people with mild cases and there's been people with severe cases. And remember, we have had no deaths here uh, in the U.S. Sabrina Cupid joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Sabrina, as the health reporter, you've been in constant contact with the CDC, which is, I think, is amazing that they're they're located here in Atlanta and you have such a great relationship with them. Um, we heard from the well, uh, World Health Organization. What's the CDC telling you about the coronavirus? Um, they're telling me exactly what I've been telling you, that this, uh, you know, don't be overly concerned. We don't want people to be hysterical and buying those masks because they don't really do much to protect you anyway. Just be aware of it. And, and, and again, I think if you go back to the two main points right now, what, what they think you need to be aware of is if you've traveled to China, you might have a risk. If you've been in close contact with somebody who's traveled to China, you might have a risk. Other than that, chances are you have flu or cold. And again, flu is serious. And at this point, it seems to be more serious for us here in the United States uh, than this new coronavirus. So those two risk factors. And if you haven't traveled to China, if you haven't been in close contact with somebody who has and they haven't been sick, then you're probably okay. Yeah. Do do you mind taking a couple of listener questions, Sabrina? Is that okay? Sure, I'll try. All right. If you have a question for our health reporter, Sabrina Cupid, uh, call now, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Sabrina, by the way, is on Twitter. You can tweet at her. Be nice. It's at Sabrina WSB. Um, If you have any questions you want to ask off air, uh, don't, you know, I I see Longoria lighting up. Don't ask about your personal health issues, Longoria. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask about this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Don't ask about that rash. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. That is not the coronavirus. Uh, 404-872-0750. Sabrina Cupid, WSB health reporter, joining us on the Mark Aram Show talking about the coronavirus, the origins of this virus, Sabrina. I know just from watching movies, uh, like it's very important. Who's uh, patient? zero how did this start do we know any of that yet well what we do know about this virus is it's they think it started in animals in an open-air market possibly um, could have been a previously unrecognizable virus in a bat maybe also um, they just don't know yet but that's where they think that it started in china uh, was the beginnings of it gotcha 404-872-0750 tim joins us on the program tim what's your question for sabrina Hi, Mark. I would like to know the number of influenza deaths this year by comparison. Oh, do we have do we have the the, uh, the flu no- death numbers yet, Sabrina? Um, I can tell you. Yeah, I think I do. I have um, more than eight thousand people died from influenza already, and you know we're not done with uh, we're not done with flu season Correct, yet. Correct. Yeah. 
So, and this and this isn't even a bad flu season, really. Yeah. Uh, one hundred and fifty thousand Americans have been hospitalized with flu so far. So that kind of puts it into perspective for you. Yeah. So if you weren't getting, uh, I guess the bottom line, Sabrina, is if you weren't rushing out to get a, a, a medical mask two months ago in the height of flu season, <laughs> you really don't need it now for the coronavirus, right? Right. Get your flu shot mainly, and then do the stuff that your mom told you to do. You know, wash your hands. Uh, if somebody's sneezing and coughing, and try to, don't get in their space. Will, will you, <laughs> you do know? me a favor, Sabrina? Tomorrow when you come to work, tell every guy in the newsroom to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, <laughs> please. Start spreading that information around. Uh, maybe they'll take it better from you than me. Uh, Tammy, uh, what's your question for our health reporter, Sabrina Cupid? Hi. I am taking the cruise in February. Um, I'll be going to Haiti, St. Thomas, and Puerto Rico. I just wanted to know what you think about far, um, the corona virus. Haiti, St. Thomas, and Puerto Rico, Sabrina, is Tammy at risk with a cruise to those destinations? As of yet, I don't think so. I think it looks good. I mean, so far. You have other ri- there are other risks going to Haiti, but not the coronavirus, <laughs> right? I mean, I think you'll be okay. Okay, I, th- I think she's you. okay right now. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a fun uh, little trip. Speaking of cruise, there was an Italian cruise ship that was held uh, off, uh, was it 7,000 people were held on a cruise ship in Italy as they were being tested for the coronavirus, but apparently that was just the flu. That's unconfirmed, but uh, Italy's kind of freaking out about it too right now. I think everybody, whenever there's something that people don't know about and there's a lot of unknowns, it, it's scary. But, um, you know, again, I, I think... I think it was the head of the CDC uh, who who said this yesterday. I mean, you know, we've got the best people in the world right here in our mm-hmm. backyard working on this. So, I mean, I think we're okay, and, and they've been very good about giving us information. They've been transparent. So um, I, I'm confident that they'll find out more about this virus and let us know what it is. And, again, I wouldn't panic at this point. Excellent. Kathy joins us on the show. Kathy, welcome to the program. What's your question for Sabrina? Do we have to be cautious about packages coming from China? Oh, interesting. We got, uh, you know, in this Amazon era, Sabrina, mm-hmm. we're getting stuff shipped all over the world. Packages from China, any risk there with the coronavirus? Well, it's interesting that you ask about that. That did come up on one of the briefings uh, that the CDC held, and absolutely not. They say at this point, it, it's nothing to worry about. So um, I guess the virus doesn't live that long. And by the time the packages get here, you're fine. So you should be okay. But if you're buying live livestock from China, that might, uh, you know. I'm not sure I'd buy livestock. <laughs> well, again, I go back to the movies. Do you remember what was the outbreak? The outbreak yeah. movie, that virus started with a monkey, I think, from China. And they brought, they sent it over illegal to a pet shop in the U.S. And that's how it all started. Again, all my knowledge up until I talked to Sabrina comes, right. comes from movies on these things. Uh, I think her, your name is Prussia. Is that right? Prusia? Prussia. Prussia. All right. Welcome to the show. What's your question for Sabrina? Thank you. I have a daughter that's taking a college trip with college students to Japan this summer. I'm hoping the college will cancel it if there's a concern. Any any impact in Japan yet, Sabrina? I think if they're – they here, let me tell you where to go to find out about travel. CDC, if you go to their website, they do have travel alerts posted there. And they will tell you what level it is and if it's safe to to go to different places. So that's that's where I would send people for that. Prussia, she's going to love you. Japan, by the way. It's phenomenal. I can't, I cannot Thank wait you. to go back. Uh, I can't get Matthew on the line because we got limited time. Sabrina uh, uh, wants yeah. to know about eating at restaurants with flu- food flown in from East Asia. Is that a concern? Um, 
I wouldn't think so, but I I have not heard anything about that. So I, I I'm not I can't answer that because I'm not knowledgeable in that area. <laughs> Matthew, bring the food to the station. We'll sample it here, <laughs> and if we're okay, you can eat it. Sabrina Cupid, uh, a pleasure. Our own health reporter. That's how much we care about. Our constituents here in uh, North Georgia, we have our own health reporter. She's Sabrina Cupid. She's on Twitter, at Sabrina WSB. Thanks for staying late, buddy. Oh, thank you. Have a good night. You too. There you go. All right. I feel better now. I feel better. We'll come back. We'll talk more about coronavirus. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is The Mark Aram Show. Is related to our first case patient not to spread of novel coronavirus in the general public. That's Chicago's public health commissioner. Uh, Cases popped up of the coronavirus in Chicago. I feel better after talking to WSB uh, health reporter Sabrina Cubitt. I don't know how severe it would be for me to wear a mask around. Like, it would have to be really, really bad. Would you wear Would you wear a mask? Are, are you a mask guy, Longoria? <laughs> no. Chuck, no, I'm no. assuming you're not a mask dude. No. But you guys have daughters. Like, you have kin. So maybe you would be, do the mask before me? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't I know. I would literally I have to see people. I'd have to see people falling down in the street before I'm like, all right, wow. I'll put a mask on. I might do it a little bit before that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a tad. I don't know. Are you a mask girl, Deb Green? The thing with the mask is it keeps your germs from people, but it doesn't keep their germs from you. Oh, so really? So I would just be containing whatever disease I don't have, so it wouldn't help at all. Or what you do have. You just keep it keep it to yourself. Yes. But you're very, I mean, you come in and clean the studio I mean, every I day. I have to. So you're, I mean, you're, I'm, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, too, but not to the point where I'm wearing a mask. Like, it would really have to be... A severe outbreak. Can you imagine doing that traffic with a mask on? <laughs> Dude, I should try that tomorrow morning. That, exactly. that would be that would funny. freak everybody out if you showed up on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Camera, that no, I'm not doing man. that. I'm not doing that. Bert's in Lilburn. Bert, uh, real quick before news, what you got? I have a friend that wa- uh, works at Walgreens, and he says that it's not just the surgical masks that people are coming in droves to get. They're clearing out the shelves with the hand sanitizers. And they're buying all the medicine that is known for your typical flu. They're in such a panic. Wow. Well, calm down, people. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. I mean, you heard the number. You should be that worried about the flu. That's exactly. that that the, that's what you should be worrying about, not about the coronavirus. Speaking of the hand sanitizer, did you notice we have those little packets out there? Yeah. So I ate uh, great chicken wings, by the way, Deb Green from Lily White. They brought us some thing, and I wanted to, I had, I had uh, barbecue sauce on my face. I took one of those hand sanitizer wraps and, and, and wiped my mouth. Don't do that. It burns. <laughs> you thought it was like a wet wipe? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. No, 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 It no, burns. No. I was like, ah! So there you go. You learned one thing today in the Mark Aram Show. Don't use a hand sanitizing napkin to wipe barbecue sauce out of your fat lips. That's the one takeaway from the show today. Uh, when we come back, we got Russ in Gainesville. We got little Sanja with Would You Rather and your calls. 404-872-0751-800. WSB Talk. It's the Mark Aram Show on WSB. Hey, this is former governor of Texas, Rick Perry. And you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. For a second, I reckon I got you double checking. Then again, when to you. Welcome back to the show. 639, 52 degrees on Peachtree Street. Uh, five and a half. On the Mark Aram Show back sweat meters. Unseasonably warm. I wore short sleeves to work today. I see Longoria did. Chuck, I don't know. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Overalls and a... I got short sleeves on. <laughs> Overalls. Overalls. She's like Jennifer Griffey's. <laughs> yeah. uh, coming up second hour of the show, we're going to do the impeachment recap again. Uh, but as we do every Thursday, let's do a little Would You Rather with our buddy Big Sanjay. It's time. It's time. Now, time. 
for Would You Rather with Little Sanjay. He's the guru, the soothsayer, the truth seeker, the asker of unanswerable questions. He is coronavirus free. He's Big Sanjay and Would You Rather on the Mark Aram Show. Uh, Deb Green, executive producer of the program. I'll let you make the executive decision. Do you want to have... You want to invite Russ to play Would You Rather with us? That is your call. Go for it. All right. Russ in Gainesville. Russ, you're going to play Would You Rather with us, all right? Okay. Russ, all right. Come here a minute. I'm there you go. Talk. All right, Sanjay, you're going to ask us questions. We're going to answer them in studio. I want the folks in their cars to play along mm-hmm. as well. What is the first question tonight, my friend? All right, buddy. Number one, would you rather never taste again or never hear again? I'm losing my hearing slowly. I've talked about this. Like, normally I'm fine. But for some reason, when I'm in a, like a crowded area, a restaurant or something, I can't. I have to read lips to see what's going on. I don't Too know what many that ears means. And headphones. Is that what it is? And not is... only the headphones, but yeah. I got to wear that earpiece on TV. Oh. So it's it's, and I, I feel bad because like Ashley and Veronica in the morning think I'm messing them when I ask them to like repeat themselves four times. I'm like, what'd you say? Where's that crash? What's going on? Uh, but food is awesome, so I'm going to lose my hearing. I will lose my taste. Yeah, because you're a music gal. Absolutely. Uh, uh, low T Chuck, not in overalls. I, I'll lose my taste. Really? You got to yeah. keep the hearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can hear Eric's and be like, Chuck, where's my robe? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get my robe, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, Longoria, lose your taste or your hearing? Ooh, hearing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I eat a lot, so. Yeah, I, me and I you. Be able to, I wanna, Fist bump, yeah, kid. Fist bump. I want to be able to taste my food. Russ, yeah, what about crazy. you? Uh, would you rather lose your hearing or your sense of taste? I'd rather lose my hearing because I get tired of hearing stuff. <laughs> yeah, you all those women just yapping into your ear. Russ, take me to the dollar store. Russ, take me to yes. uh, Applebee's. All right, next question, Sanjay. <laughs> all right, number two. Would you rather go back in time to save Tupac or go back in time to save Biggie? Biggie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh... Biggie. Come on, East Coast guy here. Biggie. Yeah, I'll do Pac. Uh, well, really? Yeah. He's still alive anyway. You can't okay. even. There's no reason to bring him back. Chuck in the overall. Uh, I'm with her, Tupac. Really? Uh, without question. All right. Yeah, Tupac. All right. Uh, Russ, do you know who Biggie and Tupac are? <laughs> uh, Tupac was a rapper. Yes. Good job. And and Biggie. But I don't know who the other guy is. Biggie was so, the guy that invented the uh, the slider. Um, you know the little mini hamburger. Oh, okay. Big, that's why they well, call them Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls, because he invented the small slider. All right, uh, good job, Russ. Yeah, Russ is going to save the guy that invented the slider, Biggie Smalls. Next question, Sanjay. All right, since most of us are married, would you rather perish before your spouse or they perish before you? I better perish before Maya. I mean, she's she works out like nine times a week and is healthy. That's another thing that drives me, this Kobe Bryant thing. I should not have outlived Kobe Bryant. I mean, true, I'm a Division One athlete, but <laughs> but he's a world class athlete. Yeah, yeah. In, in no in no universe does it make sense that I outlived Kobe Bryant. So I I will go first before my significant other. I'll go first. I don't want to have to deal with all that stuff. Oh, just give all the headaches to your yeah, husband. Yeah. All right, uh, low T. Uh, I think I'd rather outlive her. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, I want to go first. I mean, you do want to go. Yeah, first? I don't want to have to deal with all. I'm like, I'm with yeah. Deb. Yeah. I don't Russ, pick one girl as you're sitting giving another. <laughs> Let's do Corrali. She's been around the most on no, the calendar. You, if you remember, my wife died a couple years ago. I did not remember so, that. Which one? Yes. Yeah, so that happened. Her, her name was Angel. Remember? Oh yeah. Was that number four? Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. So, well, oh, so you're good with that. You're glad that she's gone and you're still here. 
No, I mean, I don't think I you're glad. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm glad that you're glad. Well, you're still I'm here. Glad. I'm not dead. Uh, guess, yeah, yeah, all right. All right, Sanjay, can you hang on through the break? I can. All right, Sanjay's going to finish up the Would You Rather questions when we come back with the break. Uh, I don't know what I did to the phones there, Chuck. Uh, Russ, will you hang on as well? <laughs> Russ says yes. I don't know. Ah, right, you potted him down. Good job. Uh, we'll come right back. We'll finish up with Would You Rather. And then Super Bowl Snacks. It's coming up next on The Mark Aram Show. 650, 52 degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Aram and the Bananas with you till 8 in the p.m. at 7. We're going to do another one of those impeachment show recaps. Uh, you can listen to the show once you're home on your smart speaker. Just say play 95.5 WSB. Let's continue Would You Rather with our buddy Big Sanjay and Russ in Gainesville. Sanjay, what's the next question, my friend? Next next question is, would you rather have constantly wet sleeves or constantly wet socks? Sleeves. Wet socks are just uh, just awful. I can't deal with that. I'm going to go wet sleeves. Yeah. Deb Green? I can't stand wet sock. It drives me crazy. Yeah. But I can cut sleeves off or roll them up or whatever, so I'll deal with wet sleeves. Okay. Chuck? You know, wet yeah. socks are the worst. Uh, yeah, wet sleeves. Russ in Gainesville. Socks. All right. Unanimous, Silky. <laughs> Unanimous. Russ was... I heard Longo say sleeves, but I'll, I'll Did take Did you say that. sleeves? Well, I meant wet. I'll wear wet sleeves. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to wear exactly. wet socks. Go oh, ahead, Okay, Sanjay. okay. My bad. All right. Next question. Would you rather go for earning $1 million if you don't sleep for the next week, and I mean even on accident, or $3 bucks if you wear the same socks for three years without taking them off? So if I, have to sh- if I go in the shower, I'm wearing socks? You're wet wearing socks. socks. Wet, wet socks? Mm. I love sleep so much, but I've, I've done 40... Nine straight hours of no sleep. I think you've done more than that. Oh, maybe. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I think I think there's there's been a time. I mean, you know, we get in those trances at the poker yeah, table. Yeah, the Bellagio poker happen. table in 2007, maybe. Um, I'm going a week, no sleep for a million. A week, no sleep. I yeah. rarely sleep anyway. Chuck? Oof, a week? Yeah. You know how long a week is? I know, I know. Three years? It's a million bucks. Talk? I just don't know if I could physically stay awake for. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather do that, yeah. but I just don't know if I could actually we'll, do we'll it. We'll pump you up with espressos and All testosterone. Right, I'll, I'll go for the week, I guess. <laughs> and Longoria says testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> I chose to ignore Um God, yeah, I, I, I don't think I could do. I could stay up for a week. You try it though. Yeah. I Would guess. you rather wear wet socks, the same no. socks for three years? No. What kind of example is that for your daughters? Well, what kind of example is staying up for a week? They're going to do it eventually. Yeah. It's about college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll true. do the week, I guess. All right, Russ, what about you? This is, I want to know Russ's answer on this one. I'll take the stinky socks because I would probably <laughs> spend a million in a week. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Next question, Sanjay. All right, this is the last one. Would you rather get rid of 90% of your clothes or 10% of your friends? Either way, you don't get to choose which 90% or 10% gets gone. So say, say that one more time. Let me just get clarity on that question. W- would you rather get rid of 90% of your clothes or 10% of your friends? 90% of my clothes. Because 90% of my clothes have been around since 1996. 
So, uh, yeah, I've been down that when I, you know, my underwear I keep forever, T-shirts. So I'll get rid of 90% of my clothes. I, I only use 10% of my wardrobe as is, so I could deal with that. Deb Green, you got but a you lot of concert choose. shirts. I know, you Sanjay, I know, okay. I know. All right, all right. I do, but it's like I don't have to wear nice clothes, luckily, here. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I wear. I only have three friends. I think if I lost 30%, that'd be yeah, a huge that'd be a big one. Oh, yeah, so yeah. clothes. All right. So the three friends being, being me, Low-T, and Longoria. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, if it makes you yeah, feel yeah. All right, Dag Navid. Uh Chuck, 90% of your uh, overall wardrobe <laughs> or 10% of your friends? I don't have that many friends. I, I got to lose my wardrobe. Get rid of the wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, Longoria? I, yeah, I get friends. rid of my wardrobe. Yeah. I'm with you. I've been wearing the same stuff since 96. Now, Sanjay, when you say 10% of your friends, does that mean Russ's girlfriends, 10% of them as well? Oh, for sure. All right. What do you think, Russ? I'll lose the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Russ, real quick, before we let you and Sanjay go, uh, who's the lady of the day today? You know, um, Karen told me today she was going to have help pay for my van to be fixed, which shocked me. I almost fell off the bus. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> cool. A girl giving me money? I'm in the twilight. All right. We'll stick with Karen now. She sounds like a keeper. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, very happy. All right. Russ, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sanjay, uh, just a reminder, Longoria, that tax season has arrived. Yes. I got my W-2 in the mail the other day. Okay. Sanjay is the official accountant of the Mark Aram Show. If you don't have an accountant or you're not happy with the one you have now, do the one that Longoria, Loti, Deb Green, and my fiance trust. That's Sanjay. He's on Twitter, at Silky the Luckbox, on Facebook, Brass Tax Accounting, and the website is brass.tax. Brass dot tax. It's tax season, folks. Don't mess around. Get your taxes done with little Sanjay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, what a commercial. Go. That was a pretty good commercial, right, Sanjay? It was. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, hang on a lot. Chuck, come in here. I need you to look at a map. All right. Uh, I'm not going to go Pompeo on you and ask you to point out a, a country that... So Deb's got this, uh, pulled this thing out. The most popular Super Bowl food in every state. And these are the most Googled Super Bowl snacks, Sanjay, Okay. Um, All right. In Georgia and in your home state of Alabama, it's loaded potato skins. Ooh, that was the I most. Could have told you that. The oh, reason why oh, I have oh, Chuck come in here is because I don't know which of these states is Montana. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> this one up way up north yeah, the one on the Canadian cool. border. Where'd you think it was? <laughs> wait, wait. This one? <laughs> the one in the Canadian I thought that was North border. Dakota. <laughs> so, so Montana. North Dakota. Right so there. Montana borders Canada. Yes. Wow. All right. Yeah. So Chuck, uh, it's it's bar. <laughs> oh, stay here. I need help geez. with the middle with the middle states. Okay. You so, and I do that, Mark. Uh, barbecue wings is the number one Googled uh, food in Montana. That's pretty cool. I do love that in North Dakota, it's cocktail weenies. That's the most Googled <laughs> snack. Same for Wisconsin. Uh, cocktail meatballs in South Dakota. Uh, cocktail weenies, is that Wisconsin right there? No, that's Nebraska. That's Nebraska. <laughs> cocktail Jeez. meatballs. Do you need a geography test? Cocktail meatballs are like the sweet meatballs, and you put them in a crock pot. Oh, okay. I didn't know toothpick. that's what they were called. Uh, seven-layer dip in Connecticut, which is weird because I've never once had seven-layer dip really? in Connecticut. Yeah. Oh. In uh, Florida, it's buffalo chicken dip, which I think is awful. I hate buffalo chicken dip. Ch chicken dip. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Longoria, seven-layer dip in Mexico. Yeah. Is that a popular thing in Mexico? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, right. Buffalo chicken dip in California. Beef sliders. Is that Washington or Oregon, that's Chuck? Oregon. Or Oregon. Lobster dip is Washington. Lobster dip sounds good. Yeah, that's New York, pretty fancy. Uh, Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, garlic Parmesan wings. Huh. That surprises me. Pennsylvania, Megan, Pennsylvania, hot cheese dip. Uh, what's this one? Is <laughs> what? that Ohio? Yes. Uh, party pinwheels. 
Are those those little circular yeah. sandwich things? Yeah. The wraps? Yeah. All right. Uh, What's Texas? I told you, seven-layer oh. dip. Oh, that's This one, that's Oklahoma. Pigs in a blanket. Oh, I love pigs in a blanket. And that would be another state next to Arkansas. <laughs> blue Mississippi? cheese dip. <laughs> Mississippi's blue cheese dip. All right, there you go. What's this? Oh, man. What's this? Is that West Virginia? Yes. Beef sliders in West Virginia. There's an online test where it's just got a map of the U.S. and it shows you the state and you have to identify it. I think you should take that and see what your proficiency is. I would nail the East Coast. I would nail the East Coast. I really, well, I, we all, we learned two things today, Longoria. Number yeah, Montana one. Montana borders Canada. Yeah, Montana borders Canada. <laughs> Sanjay, you didn't know that. Don't lie, right? You didn't know I, that. I, I, I didn't know that, but my eight-year-old knows that. Your eight-year-old should know that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, don't use Purell wipes on your face to wipe off barbecue sauce. All right, Sanjay, uh, great job as always, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. All right. One week. Oh, I cut, I cut him off. Uh, when we come back, we'll start our impeachment trial wrap-up recap. We've got uh, two reporters lined up in Washington, D.C. Any questions you have for them on the impeachment trial proceedings today, you can call now. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, star of the show is going to me. I'm star of the show. We'll be right back. This is the Mark Aaron Show on WSB. The journal of proceedings of the trial are approved to date. Without objection, so ordered. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. Today, the Senate will conduct up to eight hours of questions to the parties delivered in writing the Chief Justice. Here's Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show and a good Thursday evening, everybody. Mark Aram live in Atlanta as we continue our impeachment trial coverage here on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. We understand you probably can't or won't listen and watch to the uh, entire impeachment trial, so that's why you've been here every night at this time for an hour to get you caught up on what you might have missed. And you might have missed a lot today. This is day two of the questions. Let's get the very latest from our correspondent in Washington from the Associated Press, Sangar Magani. I'm Jimmy Dupree in Washington, Dupree. taking questions from senators. It produced a record that is totally unreliable. The White House legal team has argued the entire House impeachment investigation was invalid. This entire proceeding here is now the fruit of the poisonous tree. House Democrats, meanwhile, have again made the case for extra witnesses. We would like to present our case. We'd like to call our witnesses. As the Senate is expected to vote tomorrow on witnesses with the possibility the trial may be over on Friday night. That's uh, Jamie Dupree in Washington. Joining us from the nation's capital, correspondent Blair Miller. Blair, welcome back to the show. How are you, buddy? Mark, good evening. Doing great. Hope you are as well. I am. I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, we heard earlier today from uh, one of our political insiders, Eric Erickson, that uh, Senator McConnell has enough votes uh, votes to block uh, witnesses. Is that what you're hearing as well uh, in the nation's capital? Yeah, it certainly seems like that. And, and, you know, earlier this week, it was kind of the other way around, and things certainly have changed. And we all knew that going into this week, you know, President Trump, time has been his friend in many of these situations where things can uh, evolve, and it certainly has this week. Now, I still think we all need to be watching Senator Lamar Alexander from Tennessee because he will be one of the first to vote tomorrow and he has helped democrats before and it's not clear where he stands on this he certainly could be one to watch but how he votes 
could be interesting. What about, have we heard anything from Susan Collins or Murkowski? Have they made any public statements either way? Nothing uh, officially public, but their staff is saying where they lean. It sounds like Murkowski, Romney, and Collins will, at this point, likely vote four witnesses. Now, that would give us three, but certainly a lot could change between now and then. It's hard to know until the vote actually comes in, and that's one thing we've pretty much uh, looked at here is we're not going to know until we know. Uh, we certainly know how Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri feels about uh, witness testimony. The expected vote tomorrow. Would right. I, I'm, I'm going to stop playing audio. I keep playing the wrong audio. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but he says there's no need for uh, for any witnesses or anything like that. Let me try him again. Uh, I am sorry about this. This is Josh Halt. No, it, it still won't let me load it up, Deb Green. I'm sorry. Uh, but most, a majority of the Republicans are, are done. They're ready to wrap this thing up. Could this thing be wrapped up by tomorrow? It, it certainly kind of seems like it. We're expecting the timeline tomorrow to go something like this. So one o'clock senators will come back and they will debate the whole issue of witnesses for about two hours for each side. It's essentially their closing argument. And then they will have that vote. We think the timing of that will be around five o'clock. From there, we're not sure what's going to happen. If the vote fails for witnesses, then there can be a motion to acquit the president soon after that. But Democrats are suggesting there could be some procedural motions that they bring out to try to draw this thing out. If you have any questions for Blair or myself about today's proceedings, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. I saw later in the day, this might have just happened, that uh, Congressman Schiff proposes limiting witness depositions to one week. What exactly does that mean? That, uh, you know, the the worry is that this will drag on long if they're witnesses and he's got a proposal to prevent that? Exactly. He just mentioned this within the hour right before the dinner break. And this is all coming because of what we were hearing yesterday that many in the Republican Party were saying, if we're going to have witnesses, this thing's going to go on for months and months and months. We'll be tied up in courts and could be something we're dealing with as we get well into the election. Now, Schiff introduced this saying, we think we can get every the witnesses deposed in a week. And he's trying to calm down some of those concerns, but it may be coming in too late. Blair Miller joining us from the nation's capital. Your questions at 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. One of the more interesting uh, things that folks might have missed today, we know that uh, Chief Justice Roberts has been handed these questions for the last two days from the senators, and then he asked the questions, uh, you know, the, the historic way how this impeachment proceeding does. But he actually uh, declined to ask a question that a senator sent him to the bench today. What was the deal behind that? What was the question? Yeah, Senator Rand Paul had submitted a question, and it supposedly had the whistleblower's name on it, and so the Chief Justice wouldn't allow it. But what was interesting here, Rand Paul left the Senate chamber and then held a news conference where he read that question, putting that information out. He's put it out on Twitter as well, and uh, certainly that got a reaction here in the Capitol. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice and try to play some uh, audio again. This, is, this was <laughs> the audio of uh, Chief Justice Roberts. Senator from Kentucky. I have a question to present to the desk for the uh, House Manager Schiff and for the President's Counsel. Thank you. The uh, presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. That was pretty quick. If, if that was real-time yeah. audio that he was handed the question, and then like three seconds later, the Chief Justice is like, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, it, it's been just really interesting kind of see how this has evolved with these questions, because we weren't really sure how the process would work. and. And many times he's just reading the question as it comes in, and then he perks up with that. And 
what I found interesting is what Senator Paul went out and held this news conference and mentioned this question regardless. He was pretty frustrated about that and um, still putting the information out there, though, regardless. Yeah, this is what uh, Senator Paul had to say. He said he wasn't uh, asking a question about the whistleblower. I don't know who the whistleblower is. Adam Schiff doesn't know who the whistleblower is. My question, my question's not about the whistleblower. My question's about two people who are friends who work together at the National Security Council who uh, are, have been overheard talking about impeaching the president years in advance of a process that then was created to get the impeachment process going. That was uh, Rand Paul's response. I, I give the chief justice credit, though, because you could think that uh, he might, you know, these aren't the most exciting questions that he's being asked, but he actually read it before he started reading it, where you and I might have been like just, you know, in, in a robot mode at that point and just start reading it. Uh, Blair Miller joining us live from the nation's capital, 404-872-0750, uh, Assuming that the Democrats don't get enough votes, uh, what procedurally, what might we see tomorrow, and, and when do things uh, get started at on the Senate floor? Well, this will all get started around 1 o'clock, and we'll have four hours of this final debate, and they will debate over the witness issue. So much has been building up to this moment, and you really can feel that anxiety happening around the Capitol here on the grounds because there hasn't been a lot of new information coming out from these opening arguments and then into the questions. And now it's all on this, if they're going to be witnesses or not. So we think we'll have that vote around five o'clock. And our indication is, you know, some senators are starting to book their flights home for Saturday morning. So they're anticipating they'll have this thing wrapped up maybe very late tomorrow night. And uh, you know, after the motion on the witnesses, if it fails, there'll be a motion to acquit the president. It'll be interesting to see how quickly that will happen. Republicans are saying they want it to happen pretty quickly, but Schumer said, you know, this is something we may have to slow down with some of the process. We, there's a couple of uh, political uh, benchmarks that might be uh, putting a time crunch on this. You've got the Iowa caucuses and you've got the scheduled State of the Union. Uh, will the Democratic senators, Warren, Klobuchar and Sanders, who, who uh, you know, are running in Iowa, will, would they really put the Iowa caucuses ahead of any procedural votes or witnesses here in the, in the impeachment trial? I think at this point, you know, obviously they want to get back to Iowa. We're four days away from the caucus, and they want to get back there as soon as they can. And they have been trying to figure out how they're going to do their travel. But at this point, I think we know if they, you know, it's getting down to such an important moment now with this vote tomorrow. Everyone's going to stay put tomorrow. After that, we'll see how quickly everyone's getting out of town. You know, you know, Mark, as well as I do, you know, Fridays in Washington is when you know, members of Congress are gone. And so they're already burning the midnight oil, so to speak, you know, working through tomorrow and what supposedly will be a late night tomorrow night. Blair Miller in D.C. with Mark Aram here on the Cox Media Group Radio Network, 404-872-0750, Jim joins us on the program. Jim, what's your question for Blair? Jim, are you there, my friend? Hello? Yes, sir. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, good evening. Uh, so there's been some discussion about three or four of the moderate Democrats breaking ranks, especially those in red states. I wonder if there's been any more discussion about that today and get an update. Yeah, I think Jones in Alabama might have been one of them. Uh, how about those, uh, you know, those moderate red state Democrats? Uh, when the vote comes down to actually impeach the president, will they break away from the party ranks? I think it's really going to depend on a couple of things, how these early votes go with witnesses. And I think those are really the tea leaves on, on these things. We talked about Lamar Alexander. 
keep in mind when they do these votes, they do them alphabetical. Alexander's first. And so should he break ranks, that may give some cover for some other Republicans. If he doesn't, then everyone pretty much will be in line. That's just because we haven't heard where Alexander stands on everything. Let me ask you a hypothetical here. Let's let's assume, Blair, that there are no more witnesses. This thing wraps up tomorrow. The, the They vote to not remove the president from the office. And then a week or two comes uh, goes by, and uh, John Bolton's manuscript is released. His book is released. And there are massive bombshells in that uh, that really accuse the president of some serious wrongdoing. Uh, will senators that vote to let the president uh, walk get have egg on their face if, if the Bolton book is really as, as bad as it could be? I, I think that is in the back of the minds of many senators right now. And you hear House lawmakers continuing to bring up that same issue that you brought up. Now, certainly most of them are Democrats saying, why would you decide against witnesses when you know information could be coming out in a month or two months that really could show how important it was to have these witnesses. Now, we'll, we'll see what happens after tomorrow. Let's say everything is done and the president's acquitted tomorrow night, very late at night. I don't think this thing is going to be done. I think you have the House that's going to come back and still have try to have some skin in this game. How they do that, I don't know how they do it at this point. I, I think voter fatigue might, have, might set in at that point if the House starts to revisit another uh, inquiry of impeachment. Blair Miller joining us from Washington, D.C. Uh, Sarah is up next on the program. Sarah, what's your question for Blair? Uh, well, it was sort of just answered. I was just curious what happens if this is all said and done by Friday and he's not voted out of office. Um, you know, is it possible that a whole other topic will come up that comes up again for impeachment? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Sarah. That's something we've been kind of looking into is um, does it all just end there? Uh, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said today, she said she was very confident that she did not think he would be acquitted, of course. But I think there's a lot happening behind the scenes we just don't know about. The Democrats trying to figure out, what do we do? What is our backup plan? What I've, what I've, what I've, what I've learned in my, in my uh, three-plus decades of, of broadcast journalism, Blair, is just when you think you figure things out and you know what's going to happen, someone throws you a curveball. We might get a oh, curveball yeah. tomorrow, so we'll see. Uh, Blair, can you hang out for one more segment, answer some more questions? You got it. Absolutely. All right. Blair Miller in Washington, D.C. will uh, answer more of your questions when we come back. 404-872-0750, It's Mark Aram the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Thursday evening impeachment trial wrap-up wrap up continues. Mark Aram joined by Blair Miller in Washington, D.C. In case you missed today's proceedings, day two of questions and answers. We will take your questions and hopefully have some answers about the impeachment trial. Thomas joins us next on the program. Hello, Thomas. What's your question, buddy? Uh, I believe the charging instrument is so vague it's void for vagueness, and so nobody knows what anybody voted upon. And if that's ever tested and the president will be declared that he hasn't even been impeached. Uh, Blair, is that, that? Well, are, is there, are the charges too vague that the, uh, that the scholars could say that the president wasn't impeached at all? Uh, I guess depending how you look at this, but I, you know, there's some talk that not, there are two articles, and the vote will be on two different articles eventually to acquit. And so 
that boat doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the exact same boat. So you could see that in the outcome of when senators are voting on Article 1 and then Article 2. Mm-hmm. And so you could see a little bit of a different vote depending on how they vote on each one. Uh, Chris is up next on the Mark Aram Show. Chris, what's your question? Okay, uh, this is for Mr. Miller. It's kind of a two-part question. Uh, first part is, is I don't understand how when Rand Paul submitted his question to Justice Roberts, how Justice Roberts so quickly recognized that this was going to out the whistleblower if Adam Schiff and nobody knows who the whistleblower is. The second part of the question is, is if they do go, if they do vote on witnesses, do you think we'll hear from the whistleblower? Um, the, well, I, I think it's interesting when you're talking about that question, because I thought the same thing. How did he so quickly uh, interpret that? He must have my thinking is he must have anticipated the question was going to come mentioning those names. Now, they have been popped up in some conservative news sites, and so that may be he was already thinking about that. Now, the second question, do I think the whistleblower would testify? I do not. I don't think Democrats would ever allow that to happen, and I just think there would be too much of it. Good, qu- good questions, Chris. going to happen. But, you know, it's uh, there's going to be a debate over it if it's one witness or four witnesses. So, And there are a lot more people they like to talk to before the Uh, Let's try to sneak Richard in before the news. Richard, welcome to the show. What's your question, buddy? Well, I'm just curious about these senators. Uh, They have their constituents that they want to impress and stand up for, but I wonder if they're aware that Americans across the the country are watching. Over in Oklahoma, we're watching how New York is voting in the Senate. Uh, Over in uh, Kansas, they're watching how they're voting in Michigan. We're watching to see the attack against our country and how, you know, it's just been relentless. This started out to— uh, Who, Who's attacking our country, Richard? Uh, obviously the left. The coronavirus? Thank you, buddy. I just need to get a coronavirus mentioned before the end of the half hour. <laughs> Blair, always a pleasure. We may or may not need your guidance tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Uh, this thing could be wrapped up by this time tomorrow night. But as always, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time. There you go. Blair Miller from the uh, nation's capital. When we come back— We'll take more of your calls and questions. We're going to have Andy Field from ABC News joining us live in nation's capital as well. And we'll go back live to the Senate floor. 404-872-0750, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. Back after this. The Journal of Proceedings of the Trial are approved to date. Without objection, so ordered. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. Today, the Senate will conduct up to eight hours of questions to the parties delivered in writing to the Chief Justice. Here's Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show. Our impeachment trial recap continues here, broadcasting live in Atlanta across the Cox Media Group radio network. We do this recap every night because we know you probably don't have the time or effort to listen to and watch the uh, Senate trial going on. That's why we do it for you. Uh, joining us live, continuing our coverage from the nation's capital, Andy Field from ABC <laughs> News. How are you, Andy? Hey, I'm good. I'm sorry I'm losing my voice after uh, a week of uh, talking a lot about impeachment. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting day back and forth. Uh, and a lot of horse trading going on behind the scenes where uh, – the Republicans are trying to get those four swing votes to go their way and eliminate any possibility that there will be witnesses and then move on to acquitting the president tomorrow night. That is the Republican plan. 
Democrats are struggling to prevent that, but uh, we'll see tomorrow how that works out. Caught some breaking news during the news break off of my Twitter feed. Manu Raju from CNN tweets out, quote, uh, key swing vote Senator Lamar Alexander told me he's going to announce his decision on witnesses tonight. A decision will make clear whether the Senate trial will come to a swift conclusion or if it will lead to a new phase over witnesses and documents. Manu tweets again a quote from uh, Senator Alexander, quote, I'm going to make my decision after the last question tonight, end quote. Asked if he would announce it tonight, he said yes. He had just met with Senator uh, Murkowski and told CNN that he isn't coordinating with Murkowski. So after the last question tonight, if uh, Senator Alexander announces his decision, might that give us an indication of of whether this is going to be a swift end or a continuing trial? Well, it could be an indication that there could be a tie vote tomorrow because we need four votes of the Republicans and every Democrat to vote for the uh, witnesses. And if Alexander's out, that still leaves Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, and Susan Collins as the swing voters, and perhaps there's some other folks hidden inside there. Um, And if that's the case, then the person who would decide the tiebreaker is not the vice president, who usually decides ties in the Senate, but in this case, it would be the Supreme Court Justice John Roberts. And we don't know if he's in, uh, inclined to do that at all or to just say, I decline to vote and just leave it as a tie. And then, of course, a tie would mean no witnesses. That You just answered my, my, my next question, Andy, about who would break that tie. So it would be the chief justice. I, I, would, I mean, just horse betting this. Um, oh. As a judge, I would think he would always lean to allowing witnesses. No, doesn't that seem like a judgely thing to do? It sounds like a judgely thing to do. It's an impeachmently thing to do, too, since there has never been an impeachment in the U.S. Senate without witnesses. And, of course, they don't just impeach presidents. They impeach judges and other officials. Uh, And there has never been a case in the entire U.S. Senate history where they haven't had witnesses, and this would be a first. Andy Field joining us from the nation's capital. Your questions on the impeachment trial for Andy. He can give you the nitty-gritty, folks. 404-872-0750, The trial resumes now. The questions continue. Let's go live to the Senate floor. Patrick Philbin, deputy counsel to the president, speaking. Partisan impeachment, as we've pointed out. When there's an election only nine months away, And it will be perceived, and is perceived by many in the country, as simply an attempt to interfere with the election and to prevent the voters from having their choice of who they want to be president for the next four years. That's been a strong Republican talking point there, Andy, that there's an election coming up in nine months. Let the voters decide. The Democrats counter with, well, part of the impeachment uh, inquiry and the trial is interfering interfering with an election. And if we don't nip this in the bud, the president will then have carte blanche to continue to interfere with the election. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that, that they're accusing the Democrats of interfering in the election, which is exactly the reason that the president has gotten impeached here, because uh, from virtually everyone, including the president and his chief of staff, they have basically admitted publicly, yeah, uh, we asked them to investigate the Bidens. Uh, Now, the president's team has argued that that was in the national interest, but they haven't actually uh, shown any reason why that is in the national interest. And the Democrats are saying, well, if that's the case, if you have evidence of that, let us uh, uh, interview and, and bring as a witness your secretary of state. 
or your or Mick Mulvaney or John Bolton. Uh, surely, if that's what the president's saying, and if it's true, they would confirm it. Uh, but, of course, the president's team is fighting that. They don't want them to testify. Uh, Adam Schiff, obviously, the uh, who is in charge of the uh, the House side of the impeachment inquiry, now presenting the case for the Democrats today, earlier today on the Q&A. Session. I'm sorry, say that again? I'm going to play some audio here. Okay. That argument, if the president says it, it can't be illegal, failed. And Richard Nixon was forced to resign. But that argument may succeed here. A lot of now. comparisons to the uh, to the Nixon impeachment, uh, Andy, uh, about uh, you know going back to yesterday, what uh, Dershowitz said on the, on the floor. Are the are they grasping at straws? The Democrats with these with these Nixon comparisons. Well, I think they think that this is a good comparison because it's, uh, it's almost the same case in the, the Watergate case for people who are too young to remember this. Uh, it was basically Nixon had a team of what he called plumbers that broke into the Democratic National uh, Committee's offices that happened to be in the Watergate Hotel building, which is not too far from from uh, the White House. And that's why it's called the Watergate scandal. And uh, they were found out. It turns out that the president was involved in the cover-up. There were tapes of the president talking about that, and that forced him to resign. Well, this isn't a whole lot different in, in the fact that the president uh, wasn't breaking into the Democratic National Committee, but he was trying to get dirt on the Democrats and Joe Biden by withholding money uh, to Ukraine. Uh, his own chief of staff admitted that in a press conference. This is uh, – it doesn't seem to be a contested point, and at some point in this trial – the president's own lawyer said there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Alan Dershowitz said yesterday if the president thinks that uh, getting that information is in the public interest, which, of course, the president would think getting reelected is in the public interest, that it's not impeachable. It was a pretty extraordinary argument, but that's the argument they made yesterday. Andy Field joining us from ABC News in the nation's capital as we continue our impeachment trial. Recap your questions at 404 872 one Five, five. Uh, I guess the most important question asked today was one that we didn't hear, the Rand Paul question that Chief Justice Roberts said, uh, no, 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 we're not going to ask that. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, Rand Paul tried to do that yesterday, and, and the Chief Justice said, no, I'm not going to read the question as written. And the reason he wouldn't do that is because it contained the name of the whistleblower. And Rand Paul doesn't think there's anything wrong with putting that person's name out there publicly, and he wanted the Chief Justice to read it. Uh, Rand Paul excuse me, says, or at least claims, that this whistleblower, according to him, uh, was talking with other people behind the scenes several years before um, all this came up with Ukraine, saying they were working to get the president impeached, and he thought that was an important thing to get out there and to have that person out there and talk about this. But so far, uh, the Democrats and the Chief Justice have protected that whistleblower's identity. Aside from the Rand Paul question, any other newsworthy questions asked on the Senate floor today, to, to your recollection? I, it, boy, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, I think the biggest point here, oh, well, here's here's one point that I thought was interesting, and that is uh, what was in the president's mind. The, the president's legal arguments are saying, okay, let's say that investigating the Bidens is corrupt. But the president also had good motives by saying, but we think it's going to be in the best interest of the United States if we get rid of corruption in Ukraine. Their argument is if some of the president's motives were okay, then you can't impeach him for it. 
Well, Jerry Nadler, one of the head um, managers for the Democrats, got up there and said that is legal nonsense, that in any legal case, if you prove that someone did something corrupt, it doesn't matter if they buy Girl Scout cookies or they're a nice guy, they're a good husband. If they murdered someone, they still murdered someone, it's corrupt, and they go to jail. So the the Democrats said that there's really no legal basis for this argument that the uh, Republicans are making on this. Earlier today, uh, Longer, I'm going to play some audio here, at least try to. Uh, this was uh, Eric Hirschman with the White House defense team saying the president's approval ratings at an all-time high. A recent poll shows <clears throat> that the American people are the happiest they've been with the direction of the country in 15 years. Whether it's the economy, security, military preparedness, safer streets or safer neighborhoods, they're all way up. It seems to me, uh, Andy, that poll is good for the Republicans, but the other poll that, that they're not uh, really paying attention to is the one we discussed yesterday, where 75 percent of Americans want witnesses and documents in this trial. Well, they may, but they're not the senators who get to decide this, and the, the senators are making that calculation by talking to their constituents at home and saying, you know, is this going to hurt me, help me in the next election? And I think that's where the basis is going to be on this, not this ma master poll. But the interesting argument for the president is, uh, look what all the good things he's doing here. That's almost like you and I getting a speeding ticket. The cop pulls us over and says, you know, you're going 50 miles over the speed limit. And you say, yes, but do you know that I've, I've, I've done a great job in my office and company profits are up 20 percent, so you should just ignore this. Uh, that's what the Democrats are using to debunk the Republicans' argument that um, the economy's good, so the president shouldn't be impeached. Andy Field from NBC News joining us live in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, if you can, uh, you know, kind of lay out what do we expect for the rest of tonight heading into tomorrow, Andy? Well, we're in the final three hours of questions and answers where people submit those answer, the questions to the uh, Chief Justice, who, by the way, works a very long day. Yes. The, re <laughs> the reason they're doing this at 1 o'clock is that he's going to go in and, and do his day job at the Supreme Court in the morning and then come over here and do this. Uh, so they'll have three hours of this, um, and as you mentioned, um, Lamar Alexander could uh, come up with his answer tonight, and that will be the bombshell for the evening. Uh, and then tomorrow they're going to have closing arguments. Each side gets an hour of closing arguments. They will go directly to whether they will vote on having witnesses, and that should go fairly quickly without much debate. Uh, once that happens, then they go right to the vote on the trial. And the Republicans know they it's almost impossible for the Democrats to convince enough Republicans to get 67 votes to remove the president from office. So if all goes as planned and the Republicans get everything they want, uh, the president should be acquitted before midnight and the trial will be over. Interesting. We'll, we'll certainly wait tonight after the last question is asked to see what Senator Lamar Alexander announces on his decision about further witnesses. we got one segment left with our buddy Andy Field from ABC News up in the nation's capital. If you want to jump on board, ask Andy a quick question. 404-872-0750, Our impeachment trial coverage continues next on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. 
Final segment of the show, the impeachment trial recap continues. Mark Aram live in Atlanta. Andy Field from ABC Radio News in Washington, D.C. Closing out with a uh, final question for you, Andy. Nick joins us on the program. How are you, Nick? Hey, Nick. Hey, doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Excellent. What's your question, buddy? Yes, sir. So in a normal trial base, if the jurors have a conflict of interest, the judge excuses them from being on the jury. So since we have four senators running for president, how is their vote valid? Well, that's a that's a great question here. If 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 the conflict of interest was was a problem in this Senate trial here, there would be an empty room right there. There'd be now. nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, they take an oath to be impartial jurors. You have to take their word for it. Um, but surprisingly, two of the jurors, at least, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, and Lindsey Graham, both said pretty publicly they're not impartial. They think uh, this is a bunch of hooey, and uh, they were going to vote to acquit even before they took this oath. So I'm not quite sure how much that oath stands for, at least for those two. There you go, Nick. It's a, it's a, uh, an interesting question, though, because obviously you've got three senators on the Democratic side that are angling for the Democratic presidential nomination. Um, I don't know if they if they would rather face a uh, a President Trump or a President Pence, however, uh, in if you know things come to pass come November. So, uh, but yeah, I would say every every senator has some sort of conflict of interest here with with this impeachment. You know what's interesting, Mark? Uh, on this night, the night before they were going to have the vote uh, during the Clinton uh, impeachment, Bill Clinton was holed up in the White House with all his advisors trying to figure out what to do to stay in office. Tonight, uh, our president is out. I'm looking at a, at a shot of a packed rally. I'm not quite sure where he is now. I think maybe Michigan. Uh, but he he's getting ready to campaign again as if nothing's happening and, and with pretty good confidence that nothing will happen because of the Republican majority in the Senate. I think that's that's uh, definitely calculated by the president and his team, um, you know, continue to be out there and be like, I'm not worried about anything. I did nothing wrong. This will be over tomorrow. Uh, so I, I think that's a smart play uh, PR wise on his on his part, on his team's part, you know, he's not hunkered down in the in the West Wing right now going, all right, what are we going to do? He's out there doing what he loves to do, which is uh, standing in front of the crowds, rallying them up and uh, getting them psyched for the reelection. And there is no question he does draw enormous crowds. I mean, every rally that he picks, no matter which state he goes to, uh, it's standing room only. Indeed. Andy Field in uh, Washington from ABC News. Great coverage again, my friend. Maybe. We'll do this again tomorrow night. Maybe we'll do this all next week. I got a feeling we'll both be here. Time will tell how long this impeachment goes. But as always, we appreciate your coverage and uh, joining us from the nation's capital, buddy. Thank you, Mark. All right. A Field Vision, by the way, at Field Vision on Twitter. If you want to hook up with Andy and ask him some questions online, you can do the same with me online. Twitter and Instagram at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, or Facebook, Mark Arum WSB. So we got a couple more hours left of the questions on the Senate floor. And then according to uh, Senator Alexander, we might know which way that vote's going to go tomorrow to whether allow witnesses or not. If not, this whole thing's wrapped up tomorrow. But we'll be here tomorrow night regardless, and you get coverage tomorrow morning on the morning news uh, and full impeachment coverage right here whenever you need it. We'll be back tomorrow probably. Have a good night, everybody. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile.
Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.